Welcome back to Crashton Talks. This is episode five, and thank you for tuning in. Um, I wanted to do an episode where it's just myself in front of the mic, in front of the camera, just to kind of recap some stuff over the past couple of episodes and just discuss some of the kind of topics. Um, the first one I wanted to kind of go over was something that I spoke about with Fat. Um, when I was kind of talking about like you know, the thing that attracted me to like just entertainment and stuff in general was like this idea of sort of validation and wanting to be sort of appreciated. Um, and I think like a lot of people, like kind of Fat had mentioned, um, a lot of people can like f- do feel like that in general, like and like seek it from kind of somewhere. Um, but I think in me, like there was always a part of me that knew that 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 wasn't right, and kind of like just having time to regurgitate things. Um, I mean, thinking about like what. What were like my failures, but like what what did I what did I, I like deliberately walk away from? You know, like it's so easy when you get to like I'm, I'm thirty and you get to a, a period of your life where you can be a bit resentful maybe towards people or or just like whether it's like record labels or all that kind of stuff like for for not um signing you or or like promoters as well you can be quite resentful towards. Uh, folk just kind of involved in the industry for not like taking you on but like a lot, a lot of the time um, you know like a, a lot of it is you need to kind of step back and think well like what, what role did I play in this uh, I also mentioned in, in, in the last episode about a, a TV show that I was on and originally I was going to approach talking about this and, and kind of tear the, the show apart but really um the, the aspect of it that I want to discuss is like and I've auditioned for a couple of shows so I can I can actually speak about this and not uh, directly say which TV show it was right but I got to a particular stage of this uh, talent show it was a singing uh, TV show and um, after it that, uh, I felt kind of resentful towards some people in, in my life where I thought it was sort of their fault that I, that I gave it up and and what basically happened was um, I didn't take an opportunity in the show deliberately kind of messed it up so that I could come home so come back to where I'm from and uh, I'd kind of convinced myself over like a couple of years um, that you know other people were responsible for that but really um when I think about it, I, I, I don't think that I could have went through with with everything that was required of the TV show, um, and like you know, I noticed when I was down there, there's some people who who like sit and have a conversation with you when you're down there, and you you you're like in the moment with them. You you make friends, and everybody's sort of in the same boat. People have came from like bands or. They're just maybe a singer that can't write songs and doesn't, or they're just, they, they have a day job and they've never even took a step into the music industry, so this is their, their only way of getting in. And you'll have conversations with these people and, and it'll be like this, it'll be like you just sort of sharing information, everybody's got like a story and they're quite interesting, they've got something to say, but 
where I, where I felt, there was myself and a couple other people, I felt like we differed from a lot of the people that end up in their shows, that as soon as the cameras start rolling, they become someone else. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, like that's just what it takes if you want to to go through with being that kind of, like being in that kind of environment and getting to the getting to the stage where you, you could win a, a, a talent competition and I don't know, you'll notice like throughout these podcasts like I, I, I don't know how this thing works, do you know what I mean? I don't, like all I know is that I want to make like a living from music, I want to be involved, I want to have a voice just like a lot of musicians do and you get caught up in and feeling like you need to pretend to be a certain type of person to do that instead of just being yourself and uh, I think like that is why I messed it up for myself if that makes sense because I can't imagine like being as nervous and as socially awkward as I am on a fucking national platform like it just doesn't seem like the, the right thing to be doing but hopefully doing this kind of thing the right kind of people who feel like socially awkward or struggle mentally or don't even know if they struggle mentally they just like like me just think I don't know that there's something else that's wrong um, but yeah if you, if so if, you, if you're that person that's tuning in this podcast like this is for you right this episode and this podcast is what I'm doing um, kind of feel like like Joe Rogan is sort of like a guy who who knows something about everything, but uh, but I kind of feel like I'm a little bit like a guy who knows nothing about anything. If that makes sense. So if you're looking for like r- ripe information from this podcast, it's it's really not the place to to be. But if you if you like um, social awkwardness, someone who can comfortably sit in front of a camera. And talk about nothing for a good thirty minutes. Then, then you found found the right right thing. The other thing I will say, if you if you're watching, I, I apologise. I always reference the camera, right? Because I'm talking to the camera. If if you're listening, um, this won't affect you. But what I've done is uh, I've set up a better camera for this uh, version of the podcast, where it's just myself. For some reason, I can't get this camera to film for longer than like thirty minutes. And uh, you'll notice the quality's a lot better. Um, but the, the other ones with the interview and stuff, I'm working on uh, getting a better camera for, for the interviews. Uh, you'll notice it's just the quality's not that great. But persevere and we'll, we'll make things better. Um, as, as spoken about in the last episode, uh, I've got my million pound teleprompter. Um, it's one of the things that I'd written down about, I kind of wanted to talk about, it was like, kind of cool gigs that I'd done, um, and just, just kind of in general, like, some cool gigs that I've done, with the band Fluorescent Arts that I played in, um, we supported a band called Finch, who like, uh, they, at the time, it was like 2013, and they were doing their uh, 10 year anniversary tour, and it's weird, because like, it was a 10 year anniversary of an album that they put out, but uh, the reason we got that gig was because the guitarist in the band, like a lot, a lot of people at the time, we were we were being like financially 
backed by an independent manager on record record label. And a lot of people at the time would like every single like stepping stone that we got. Like everything everything that we ended up doing, everyone was like, Oh, that must be because they've got financial backing or they've got this person helping them out, so it must be because of that. And that, like there were there were cases where that that, that was maybe true. Um like there's there's tours and stuff. In fact, I don't even know if there was a tour that we did a buy on, but it was it was definitely in discussion. We were in talks with bands about buying onto their tour and stuff, and that's that's a whole other aspect we can talk about at some point. But um, yeah, so the guitarist in Fluorescent Arts, uh, Martin, he he basically just messaged Finch on Facebook and was like, "We're a band." Uh, we'd, we noticed you're playing in Glasgow and we'd like to support you and they they let us let us open for them in the ABC in Glasgow which was really cool man it was crazy um, we got to sit and like chat to them after it and stuff spent a lot of time in the it's called the green room with them and um, something I didn't know about them is that they were managed by Tom DeLong at one point we got talking about the bands that were like sort of around at the time they were kind of big and the scene and the, the record labels that were around at that time and we got talking about Tom DeLong Tom, Tom DeLong was like basically who I tried to base my style of guitar playing but like when I was younger on and uh, they were saying how Tom DeLong used to manage them and um, yeah I won't get into the specifics about what happened with them but it was just really it was a cool weird story um, yeah so I thought that like it was funny that Martin had just sort of sent this message to Finch and got us a gig because um, a lot of people think like you need to you need to try and open all these different doors to get things that you want even now like I convince myself that that's the case um, which is something that I spoke about with Demo like oh I need to do this gig because that will lead to that gig and I need to do this and I need to do that and sometimes it's just about like sending them an email and being like alright I like your music can I play with you <laughs> like that's it man um, and the Finch thing was like particularly weird because um, there's many people are the same age as me that were into that sort of whole Kerrang uh, era and the first time I heard Finch was because I bought a magazine, like a Kerrang magazine, and you got an actual VHS tape with it that had like all the music videos of the, the bands that were in the sort of like alternative charts at that time. I think like Finch was on it. Uh, the Times Like These video by the Foo Fighters was on it. Um, I think there might have been like a Jimmy Eat World song on it as well. There's a few, a good few bands that were on it. Um, so yeah. That was like a, a weird gig. And another weird one was uh, we'd done a, a tour of, we got a short sort of 10, 10 day tour of Asia. We played like Hong Kong, Shenzhen, and we played in Singapore. And uh, so the Singapore thing was like a, a festival called Music Martyrs. It's kind of like South by Southwest, but Asia's equivalent of that. So. It's like there's people from like the music industry that are doing like panel talks, and um, there's like, gigs going on all over like this kind of s- central part of uh, Singapore where all the sort of bars and that are. Uh, 
so we played like a, a few gigs in the bars and then every band got like a slot on the the main stage so you would play around all these these bars to sort of gather like an audience and then hopefully them plus all the people that are already watching the main stage will get to see you when you eventually play the main stage and the night we got to play the main stage uh, we went on and we came off and we had to go and play in this other bar like right after it and so we done that we packed up um, went over to the bar played like a 20 minute set and then when we came out Boyce Avenue were like on the stage which is like really really nuts man because like a lot of people who maybe watch like YouTube covers and stuff like that will know all about Boyce Avenue and like every song that comes out in the charts Boyce Avenue have covered and they always do these really kind of beautiful versions of the songs Um, and I'd went to see Boyce Avenue twice before like in Glasgow before we were actually playing on the same fucking stage as them it was just weird, man. Um, and I don't, I don't know, because like there was a, a green room, uh, so like there's the, like the main stage, and the place that we played, a sort of like marquee type place. Um, I think that's the right word. I don't know. Uh, so we came off stage. You would come off stage, and the audience were sort of like um, fenced in, if I remember it right. You would walk round, and then there was a door that went into like this separate building. And upstairs was the green room in this building, and I, I remember there being like other sort of like there was like YouTubers and uh, like like um, singer YouTubers that, that were there and bands and but I don't remember seeing Boys Avenue when we were up there. Just uh, just weird. It was just a, a kind of cool memory that we came out and they they were playing. Um, it was fine. And now being in a, a, a wedding band, like quite often we'll get like requests for like Boyce Avenue versions of like first dances and stuff like that. So there's just all this weird sort of synchronicity that happens throughout your life. Um Yeah. So I'm gonna kinda wrap things up I think. Um but before I go, uh I wanted to if you're a musician or even if you're not uh, and you just want to try your hand at maybe recording yourself singing and all of that stuff. That don't worry, this isn't like a it is an advert, but it's not like a sponsored ad for the sh- the show. Like I'm not receiving any money for this. Just want to kind of do this as a sort of helping hand to the sh- studio that I'm going to mention. And also, if you're a musician, you're watching it. Um, Unit Fifty Five, who are a recording studio in Cumbernauld, are doing a deal, so you can go and record for like two or three days or whatever, a day if you want and it's basically £100 a day which is a really, really good deal um, especially if you want to just record some demos what a lot of people do, what I like to do is go into a studio and just track drums or track drums and bass and then I'll take it home and I'll like track guitars and vocals and stuff like that so if you're kind of t- like tight on a budget and stuff, it's a really good deal and it's, it's uh, out on by the end of February, I think, the deal will go out. Uh, but, so, Unit 55, and if you message them and just say crashed, like, just use the code crashed and talks, and just mention it, and hopefully, hopefully they'll let you use it. <laughs> if not, then I'm just fucking, just talking bollocks, you know? What I'll try and do, right, 
is it's a guy called Andy O'Dell who owns Unit 55 and if by the end of February you come to want to use this discount code and he, he says look it ran out at the end of February right you're not you're not getting into the record what I'll do is I'll phone Andy up and I'll go here I'll go, <laughs> I'll go here they watch my they watch my podcast right they listen to my podcast and see if you don't give them the discount that you made you made me right <laughs> You phoned me up, you emailed me, you texted me, you harassed me to say on my show. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to... I'm going to prank you. Alright, Andy, if you're listening, I'm going to prank you. And uh, that this will be especially weird for Andy because it wasn't Andy that uh, asked me. I asked him if I could do this. So yeah. Anyway, as always, talking absolute shit. Cool. I'm gonna go and I'll see you next time with hopefully a guest and less of this awkward chat, less of this fucking constant ever everlasting life.